Welcome to the Challengers Podcast, episode 13. I'm your co-host, Zach Miller. I'm editor-in-chief at Tearsheet. And with me is Josh Liggett. Josh, can you introduce yourself? What's up, Zach? Josh, associate at Our Crowd. How are you doing today? Uh, thankfully, I don't have corona. And um, I think that probably is an easy segue into one of the first topics uh, we will handle here. And, and we're doing this with the utmost um, you know, reverence and honor over, over the process that's going on right now. Um, but wow, this is like, it's really hard to talk about banking and everything like that without talking about Corona right now, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, like, first and foremost, everybody, you know, all listeners, everyone out there, you know, please stay safe, take care of your families, you know, take care of everybody, something, you know, we've been thinking, we've been, we've been home for, I think, three weeks now. Um, so it's been a little crazy, um, little cabin fever, little Jack in, uh, in uh, what was that movie? <laughs> in the coffee? <laughs> The no work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. A little bit of uh, the shining mm. uh, is going on. I saw a guy in India uh, ripped off his clothes and ran into the street and bit somebody to death. So we're not there yet, but, you know, getting a little punchy in the cabin fever. But, you know, thankfully, in all seriousness, thankfully, everyone's healthy. And, you know, while there is, you know, a lot bigger things in the world going on right now, there is also fintech trends that are happening. Yeah, and, and I actually think this is a transformative time Um for finance uh, as an industry. Uh, Tearshi was doing a couple podcasts last week with some mid-size um, Midwestern banks. Um, and, you know, it was interesting, like as we got onto the call, like the CEOs, uh, these were two CEOs, um, they sort of said, I'm sorry, I'm two minutes late. Like, you know, we just had, we just had an, you know, an outbreak in one of our, in one of our branches. We got to shut it down and scrub it and send everybody home. And it just dawned on me, like, you know, this is this is changing, you know, we, the idea of thinking of branchless banking is is no longer just an idea, like it could be a reality. Yeah, I mean it it a lot of crazy stuff is happening. I mean like like not to this is sort of like a a 9/11 event as as weird as that sounds and and not like not not to sort of belittle that or, or compare anything cuz nothing's comparable, but this is sort of like that black swan event that nobody saw coming that is going to change the world forever. I mean, God knows what we're going to see overall, you know, if we're talking about, you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not somebody who understands medicine that much other than, you know, whatever, you know, my wife or my herbalist or tells me to do, you know, all that. I grew up in LA, so, you know, come on, give me a break on that. <laughs> um, you know, but, but, you know, are we going to start getting, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cupping and all that fun stuff. Uh, are we going to get like not being able to get on the airplane with a cough? Is it going to be like what? This is like a new reality. Just like before 9-11, you know, traveling was totally different. I think after this, everything's going to be different. And that obviously includes financial services. But but Zach, I did tell you that um, I'm doing okay. But if you talk to me about a credit card color during this <laughs> podcast, I swear to God, if we talk about credit card colors, okay, we'll stay away from colors. We'll stay. We'll just focus on mate, on materials, metals. We different coronavirus metals. colored credit card. If oh, we God. talk about some sort of credit card color thingy like that, I'm I'm out. Okay, like that's, that would be the last straw. I respect and honor your boundaries, Josh. Um, no, but so so think about this. If you're a bank and you're sort of just you know you're just kind of dawdling getting into digital or you haven't fully gone digital or you're, you're a lender, you do mortgage lending and maybe that's where, you know, much of your revenue comes from, but you don't have an online application, like just a minimum thing. You're, you're like dead in the water now. No. Yeah. It's, it's, this is like a 
taser up the ass to like get that stuff done. Like it also like I you know I live in Israel, right? And like no, all of a sudden nobody could deliver anything. Like God forbid a store would have delivery, you know, like if you live in New York, like everywhere freaking there's delivery of everything, you know, there's websites, they deliver no problem. No one delivers here. All of a sudden they say you can't have like eat in and every single store does delivery. You know, it's like, Oh, like it was so hard. Why didn't you do it before? Because it wasn't the priority. And now we're going to see that same thing with every sort of institution, every bank, every, every sector that, had people who were just lazy and just like said, oh, you know, we're still going to have business. We don't need to invest in transformation. transformation. It's fine. No big deal. Now all of a sudden people are scrambling. And thankfully there are tools out there to help people, you know, make that transition. That, that's the one thing that's, that's good is that it's not like we're in the dark ages where people have no idea what to do. Right. And, and that's a good point. And one of the things we were speaking about in, in preparation for this episode was, you know, what does this mean for challenger banks right now? Like, Obviously, you know, if, if a customer can't walk into a branch and can't get service from his local bank, you know, challenger banks are obviously have been for a couple of years viable options. Are they going to shine during this time or does this mean or does this just get, you know, the, the incumbent banks like really, really fully committed to going digital, in which case they're just going to kill the challenger banks. So like, I, I actually don't know which way it's going to go. I think, you know, a rising tide. Um, probably floats most of the boats, at least in the short term. Um, but this may, this may promote, um, uh, to me, the, the bigger guys really, really, really embracing digital for, the, for like, not just saying it, but doing it. Absolutely. I think that, and I think that's the key. Uh, exactly what you said is, you know, we've talked about, is, we've had a lot of challenger hypes. You know, we've spoken about it at length is, is this going to be, you know, when are they, they going to make the turn? Where are they going to make the turn? And now is when it's, it's you know, sort of time to get going or time to you know get going if you know what i mean like it's 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 one or the other um and on the one hand you have challenger banks that are freaking ready to go digital they are digital they don't have branches to close they they are ready to provide awesome services to people fully digital no problem yesterday you know what i mean but are people going to be like i don't want to put my money into something that is at a ridiculous high valuation that you know, is may, maybe as we're hearing in, you know, in the venture and everyone I'm talking to in venture is like valuations are going to come down. The market freaking lost 50%, 30%, whatever it is now, you know, everything's coming down, all the valuations are coming down. So these companies raised a lot of money, but like, what are their burn rates? Are they going to be able to retain the, you know, their growth? Are they going to be able to service people? Is Now is like, really, it's going to be amazing to see how it plays out. And if we'll, if like, the big banks come out with a really awesome digital solution. Are they going to blow them out of the water? Or are they going to, you know, go to the path of fin sort of where they, it doesn't work and challengers then get to step up and take a nice solid market share. It also depends how long this goes on for. That's obviously a big factor. Obviously, this, yeah. There's over two that. weeks and there's nothing to talk about, which it right. probably isn't. But if this is going on for another six months, theoretically, or like we were talking about before, if this is seasonal where this is something that happens every, you know, year, every two years or whatever it is. It, it can have really big ramifications down the line. So one of the things we saw this week was um, over the past two weeks are, are rumors being spread. Um, I don't know how they started or, you know, how truthful they are. It sounds like, you know, that they weren't necessarily based in fact, but that Revolut and I think Monzo uh, were, you know, in dire financial straits and were going to go under. Now, Revolut just raised, you know, Banco bucks, I don't think $500 million or so over the past month. But um, 
and they're probably not going under right now, but you know, that fear of, and, and I think we're in panic mode, you know, will my, will my challenger bank be around for the long term? Chase still feels safer to me. Um, it is obviously. Um, but you know, I also had this image of Jamie Dimon, like sitting on WhatsApp, actually spreading that rumor himself. But maybe that's just too big of a conspiracy. <laughs> I, I don't know if Jamie cares about Revolut, honestly. He's <laughs> no, even on his radar. Um, yeah, it's I, that amount of money. I mean, it's tough. Uh, because going back to the sort of what caused this whole thing, like, this isn't like 2008, right? Where, like, it's not like there's a credit instrument that people took advantage of and were being idiots about and acted irresponsibly. Like, you know, this is not a financial problem, but it's having a huge May impact turn into on one. finance. Yeah, it's gonna. Of course, I think the big like what if like what what if credit markets like what happens with credit markets? What happens? Yep. These are like big trends for you know macroeconomics and mm -hmm. like bankers and people way above my play grade talk to talk about. But like, what if basically everybody defaults? You know, like, and then what? Who get like that? That's sort of the issue where it gets into of like, well, the, it wasn't like the situation of well, the banks are literally running out of money and they have these capital calls with each other and there, there's just no money left and it's all the money's evaporating. It's more of like, what about consumer credit? Is that going to affect everything? And I do agree with you that people would go for a safer route, uh, you know, in that, in that is instance, you, you, you're buying Bitcoin now, which is, the, is that the safest act? <laughs> so one company I probably would invest in if I could was, is Oak North. Um, it's UK challenger bank. Um, this last week posted, um, yearly growth of 95%. Uh, I think that was in like, uh, in gross profits, um, but but what, which was interesting, still a great number. Um, one of the fastest, I think it is the fastest growing European company uh, according to the FT. Um, but growth is slowing down, like especially in its loan book. Um, you know where it grew a hundred percent, you know year over year, 2017, 2018. Last year was 58 um, percent. They're now standing at two billion pounds of, of loans and advances to customers. So I mean, these challenger banks. You know, Oak North in particular has shown that you can continue to grow. Um, it's got a niche market. Um, it's profitable. Um, you could build a business here. Um, maybe Oak North's the only example of that. Um, but but regardless, I think that idea of things slowing down is interesting, right? Like they're still posting profits and they're and they're still you know growing revenue. But like the 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 second order magnitude, the order you know the second order growth thing is 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 changing now. And and I think like. Well, obviously, this is a big company, and it's it's a biggish company in in our field. So it's like the, it's it's going to be hard to continue growing at the same numbers as as you know as the numbers get bigger. But, um, you know, it, it is it is hard to build these companies. They require a lot of capital, um, and now we're headed into the great unknown. And so, um, I don't know. And and I don't know. You know, you know, I like Oak North, Josh. But uh, you know, you like Oak North. Yeah. Um, and. So it, it is going to be interesting. Also, like a lot of these companies, the, 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 the challenger banks have, and we've written about this on Tearsheet, have global expansion plans. Um, many of them had plans, at least before this crisis, of going and getting local um, licenses, acquiring those licenses and opening up shop, which required people on the ground. You know, if travel is shut down, if, you know, if, if this goes on for an extended period of time, um, we might see more partnerships um, happen along the way. So um, Revolut did launch in, in the US uh, last week and um, they did so with a partner, even though the intention was originally and, and they, they had told us that they wanted to acquire a, a US license. That's, that's not happening. It's certainly not happening anytime soon. Um, anyway, I just think that global, global expansion, like these idea of these challengers being global banks, maybe needs to be you know, recognized at this point or challenged. 
It, I mean, first of all, Oak North, like, like you said, like you can't have a hundred percent year over year for growth at a certain, at a certain point it has to just stop because then the numbers just get too big and you know, it's too crazy. But right now, everyone, like all the startups that I'd speak to every, like, even like everybody's just in panic mode right now. No, like this is, this has been on going on for such a short amount of time. People are just freaking out and they don't know what is going to happen. I, everything's basically getting pushed off a quarter, at least a quarter, every, like all the funding, you know, all the closings of funding. Like if a company is sitting in a lot of cash, they're pushing, they're pushing everything off a quarter or two quarters, you know, just to see what happens. They're cutting burn drastically. Um, you know, the huge, like, you know, Israel, which is a big, big tech tech hub, huge unemployment numbers out of Israel because of, you know, because of basically because of startups, a lot of what, you know, cutting, uh, you know, cutting burn, to make sure that they have enough runway to just get through and see other side of this and, and just because we have no idea what's going to happen. So I think all these plans, you know, that people had of building these global banks and all these things, like you wake up one morning and great, that it's, that's, that's possibly over, you know, and it's, it's crazy. Like this is like, it's, it's something totally, totally crazy um, you know, that we, we've never, you know, people talking about, oh, you should listen to your to your elders because we've been through this and people from 89 and 2000 and 2008. And I do agree. I think listening to, you know, elders is very important and that history is awesome. But this is something that is totally unprecedented, like to try to put like the emergency brink on the economy, like a global economy. Yeah. yeah like who knows what the ramifications are going to be? I, I, and nobody knows. So I can't. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that the the, mo the important thing now is survival mode, and if you have the if you're sitting a lot of cash, then the question is like I I think to go and and go for an expansion right now at this time, and and go through a hard burn you know at at this time as as a startup or as a company if you're not profitable or for that matter unlike Oak North a lot of these companies that don't necessarily have a viable business model at this point. Mm. Um, is very risky, very, very, very risky, and could, you know, we could see some giants topple in, in you know, of the challenges of these new fintechs. I think also, um, going back to what we said before, I imagine there's going to be a tremendous consolidation uh, in the market uh, yeah. as as companies start to fail. As so, you could see it, you know, a, a JP Morgan pick up, uh, you know, a digital solution to help with their, you know, provide online loans or or whatever it is, or or you know, maybe you could see like a, you know someone pick up like a big bank pick up a blue vine or a or a fun box or mm -hmm. you know or a cabbage, um, you know that that could be really really interesting. You know, going if there's consolidation. I mean, for God's sake, they had that article about how Apple could buy Disney. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's it's going to be very interesting going forward, moving to the unknown and business model profitability and survival. I think are, are the most important things at this time. Well said, Josh. Um, there were a couple more things I wanted to mention before we, we closed this episode. Um, one was that Square um, did get approved for a limited bank charter. Um, that's going to be interesting. We know that they've intended, they've been trying to do that for a couple of years. Um, I don't necessarily see them as turning it to a pure consumer bank, but definitely um, interest in lending, um, you know, cash advance to, uh, to the merchants using Square. That's definitely, that's the model that's, you know, tried and true. And, um, We've seen Shopify do that. Um, you know, PayPal does that. Amazon does that. Um, you know, so Square getting a license is interesting. Um, anything to add to that one, Josh? Square, we, you and I both we like Square. Square. Yeah. We love Square. <laughs> uh, um, Credit Sesame introduced a free digital bank account called Sesame Cash. And um, 
that's following in line with Credit Karma, which did it uh, at the end of last year. Um, you know, these, these PFMs, you know, whether it's based on credit or based on just managing money, moving money, like getting into banking, whether they, and they're doing it through partners as well, um, makes a lot of sense for them, not just from a revenue standpoint, but also for the customers in terms of not just being able to track things, but actually transact through these platforms, I think is a very, very powerful um, connection between those two things. Um, and the last thing I want to mention was um, a story about one, a challenger bank that's being launched, just raised 17 million. I think that was its first round. Um, it's launching in private beta after closing a $17 million. I don't know if that's a seed round, nice, but it's nice time. Nice yeah. Time great launch. time to start a bank. But uh, I have to say that um, Bill Harris started it. Um, he was former CEO at PayPal and at Intuit. Um, I think he might've been on this podcast like 300 episodes ago. Um, he also was a founder of personal capital. And the reason I'm mentioning that, uh, which is, which was one of the first robo advisors, it sounds like one is the idea is to kind of give a dashboard for where your money is all over, all over. Um, so, um, so the idea is like credit's the heart of the service. It helps customers integrate their finances into one account, making it seamless to save, spend, and borrow money. That's kind of what pers personal capital was first, you know, with these dashboards so that even if your money wasn't completely at um, personal capital, but it did give you the ability to look across accounts, across institutions, be able to get kind of like a, you know, a one view across all of your finances. So I think the bank is launching that same sort of ethos. Um, yeah, exactly. Like timing couldn't have been worse, I guess, but, and it's also in, you know, launching into a field that you've got Chime, Vero, Moneylion, uh, Chase, obviously, and, uh, you know, and then the credit karmas and credit sesames of this world. So um, it'll be interesting to see if it can um, differentiate itself enough going after sort of middle America. And they're going to be struggling. You know, I think that obviously the small businesses are going to be struggling and that's access to credit is going to be something that's really important. So it could, it could, it's going to be interesting to see how that, how this shakes out, um, you know, in that whole thing. But at the same, you know, as much as we joke around about it, it's an awful time to uh, start a startup, you know, and launch, you know, there's many, many examples of great companies started being started during, uh, you know, during dips and, and you know crashes and all that stuff so there's going to be the cool thing is that we're definitely going to see some awesome innovation out of this and and as awful as you know it is where a lot of people lose their jobs it forces people to become creative um you know and then you'll i i imagine that a lot of those people will end up you know starting their own things and and hopefully you know creating some really amazing services that you know three five ten years from now become you know monster players that, that you know that's that's what i'm hopeful for if if the zombie apocalypse hasn't taken us all over by then and, and we're all living and not living in bunkers with toilet paper as our currency as always a very <laughs> uplifting way to end this uh this episode <laughs> josh always great to talk to you always great stay safe zach and everyone out there please stay safe and uh and you know and try to send memes because as much as crazy as crazy as as awful it is, is happening we still have to to be happy and, and try to keep our hopes up while you know while this madness is going on and thanks for joining us everybody be well stay safe see ya